Good morning. Thank you for listening to Victory 91.5, Autumn Cat, Sound of Rain. That comes from a project called Azusa Now. And uh, Ray Haynes is with us today. And you were talking about Azusa, Azusa yeah. and the revivalistic uh, aspects that are found uh, in Pentecost. So it's almost as if you you planned or somebody <laughs> planned to, to play that song today. And, and it started raining as it was playing. Yeah, we, we looked up on the monitors and like, oh, where did this come from? Thank you, Lord. Well, as we said, it's all about God doing all the things. So he picks the music, he picks the rain, he puts it all together and it mm-hmm. makes it fun. You know, I have folks occasionally ask the question, you know, on all the in Passover, you know, you have a, a Passover Seder, but for the other feasts and festivals, you know, are there what are the kind of traditions, the Jewish traditions? So something that goes specifically with Pentecost is the book of Ruth. Um, Ruth took on the yoke of the law. She was not a Jew. And that's when she be, she, when she decided to follow her, her mother-in-law, and she became one who followed the law of God on this holiday. So part of what's done is the, the entire book of Ruth, which isn't a real big book, is read in the synagogue on Pentecost. And the tradition is to share what we have in keeping with the commands to feed the stranger, the orphan, the widow, and the poor, and unfortunate people as Boaz did for Ruth. So... You know, giving some type of gift of charity is, you know, is extremely common because, again, God is giving the greatest gift you'll ever receive is the Holy Spirit. So on, on Pentecost. So that's definitely one tradition is is giving. And if you want to read the, the book of Ruth. Side note, Ruth was the ancestor of King David. And according to the Talmud, David was born and died on Pentecost. Hmm. And you could look at his life as an example of our life journey in God. We follow him from boyhood to death, from sheep field to the throne, from worship to sin to repentance. And that's has a, you know, a very shadow character of our life. It's also, obviously, they were at Mount Sinai. It's the time of giving of the law. The Torah was given on the day of Pentecost. So that means any milk dishes are the customary food symbolizing, as we're often called, the, the milk of the word or the Bible is compared to milk. And so and whether you're reading the Bible or having some kind of milk dish, that has to do <laughs> with it. Another custom, which answers the question why everybody was gathered there in the, in the temple courtyards, uh, is to spend the night in prayer and study to be prepared spiritually for the the fact that God was going to give the law the next day. So oftentimes, just like at Passover, they'd stay up all night. They'd stay up all night on Pentecost, and they're reading and they're preparing for and to be. To, one of the ways you say I'm thankful to God for the Word is by reading the Word and studying and knowing and being prepared for it. So and being watchful and staying awake. Yeah, uh, exactly. Which is always, always tough for me. And all of those are are all part of that. So. Uh, we were teasing last time uh, this notion of what if you have gifts that seem to be aligned with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you don't have anything else. You don't speak in tongues or have no baptism experience like that. So can you be baptized in the Holy Spirit and power without speaking in tongues? So obviously, as I mentioned, God would be the most divisive subject within Christianity. Uh, back at Azusa Street, that was what actually split in to some degree brought an end to Azusa Street hmm. is the division over the group that said, you know, we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we don't speak in tongues. And the other said, no, you have to speak in tongues. That's what it says in the Bible. So if you don't speak in tongues, but obviously have gifts and anointings, then they must be coming from a different source than what is known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
So I would I would say rather than trying so hard to, to for either side to argue that or justify it, you know, there is actually quite a few gifts in the Bible beyond the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 12, they're called the gifts of the Father. And it, it, the scripture says this, first, we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same functions. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us then use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. All right, so those are the gifts of the Father. Now, keeping in mind, there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but they're one. It's just one God. So, you know, it's trying to figure out who are you talking to? Are you talking to the Father? Are you talking to the Son? Talking to the Holy Spirit. Yes, you are, because you're talking mm-hmm. to God, all right? But their their manifestations and the gifts they give have different aspects to them. So there's also gifts of the Son, Jesus. Ephesians 4, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets. Now notice a number of these will copy the ones of the gifts of the Father, too. Some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So if you'll notice, the gifts of the Father, uh, some of them overlap, but the gifts of the Son really have to do about leadership. It's about growing up the body and it's about unity, which is, considering all the division that usually happens with the subject, uh, the most important dominant fact of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and Pentecost is the unity of the church. So now... We showed you Father and Son. Here's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge, through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. All right, so again, a little bit of overlap there, but those giftings tend to be much more of the supernatural aspect where you don't have any control over them. Mm-hmm. Now, the the negative side, I would say, just in the event that you've ever experienced this, and I pray, goodness, that you have not, but because some groups at different times throughout history in our own day, the last 60, 70 years, their understanding of it you know it, that it wasn't just the holy spirit they you know they manipulate you know hold people's mouths say these words and uh, i mean i've can tell you some stories that would just just break your heart and that was that was not god and it was not the holy spirit and it wasn't any of the gifts and it certainly wasn't pentecost it was it was men trying to manipulate and control and benefit from these things so all of that has happened so one thing i would I would say as you try to understand as you seek this as we said over and over again earlier on this morning, which is just just be open to God and let him fill you. Don't, you know, don't hyper-focus on any aspect of anything, let, unless it's God. <laughs> Focus on Jesus, and, and he'll take care of the rest, and including this understanding of Pentecost. And uh, coming up, we're going to just basically read through the book of Ephesians in a very fast way, the edited version of Ephesians for the next three breaks, and to show you what Pentecost is really about, how the blood of Jesus tore down the veil to the Holy Holies, 
and the Holy Spirit unites us into one building that is his temple. That is the picture that we're looking for. And so we're going to take a little bit of time and just really dig into that so we can really comprehend what he's after. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. That is Ray Haynes, uh, our Bible teacher this morning. If you know somebody that could uh, benefit from what you've been hearing, uh, just go to our Facebook page at Victory 91.5. We've got uh, links uh, to this information there, and you can easily, of course, uh, share that uh, with friends and family and others uh, just to help uh, bring this Pentecost teaching that's designed to just take you deeper in your walk with the Lord and your appreciation of Him. Again, you can find us on Facebook there at Victory 91.5. Kids like to have fun, and learning is, well, sometimes.